Hello and welcome to the Gaming Fix Podcast, episode 303 on February 3rd, 2024. Well, this, this is your host, Andre Cole, aka The Wet Gamer, aka your partner's favorite musical episode of a movie or TV show that's not normally musical. God, um, contender, uh, even Stevens, influenza. Oh, that's uh, I was gonna ask if that was the we went to the moon one. Um, yeah, that's a that, that was a big one. Um, uh, I mean, the classic is is the is the Buffy episode, and that's a good one. I, I like that. Yeah, that's like one of the early musical episodes that isn't a musical of an episode and I, I like that one All right. and uh, also one more with feeling this week as we are joined also by Pat it's the easiest answer to one of these questions you've ever had which is scrubs scrubs okay it's the it's scrubs it's my musical season six episode six I had to google it I didn't remember that yeah, but yeah I love I love that episode I I am Scrubs has a lot of haters these days. There's a lot of like, oh, it's 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 cringy, uh, but uh, fuck them because that Uh, show is an enormous part of my youth. I don't know. It's not cringy. It's sincere. What's cringy (laughs) is uh is um some of Zach Braff's later stuff, but yes. (laughs) I, 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 I saw him do a play on uh, the West End in London, and it was mediocre. <laughs> sure. He is but, not. I mean, I'm going to. I'm no offense to him. He's not a great actor. None of the people in Scrubs were great actors. He, well, but, he, he also wrote it, too. And it was, uh, sure. it was like, huh. All right. Yeah. But but uh, but Scrubs was great. It's a great show overall. It was just a. a sincere heartfelt thing yeah all right it, i had never i had friends who were into it and they just they didn't didn't appeal to me in particular but uh, I, I yeah i never watched it but i did realize at star wars celebration that i was walking behind donald faison once so i was like oh <laughs> uh i will say that uh donald faison i've watched a lot of sports because i was watching the the Lions playoff run, which ended, which means that the uh, the football season's over. Um, there's no more games. Um, uh, the uh, but uh, there's there's a horrible commercial that Donald Faison is in. <laughs> it's not offensive or anything. No, it's just, just sometimes commercials are bad. Yeah, yeah, it's oh. just a bad commercial. All right. uh, but you know, other than that, I love Scrub. And I think it's funny that that Bison and Braff managed to parlay their Scrubs bromance into being the T-Mobile guys. You know, might as well. <laughs> Good for that. I mean, yeah, I don't care. Get, I don't get think that it's bad. It's just it's that is not the bad commercial I'm referring to either. I don't care. Their commercial, those commercials are whatever. Yeah. They're not offensive always, in any way. They they always bring back like you know duos or whatever for. For ads, uh, well, there was a Breaking Bad one recently that was just like, like you. They had like two. They had like season one, seasons two type stuff in this ad. It was bizarre. 
uh, God, what was it? Was it like beef jerky or something? I don't know. It was like recreating a scene where a guy's doing coke, but it was for whatever product they were trying to sell. <laughs> Very bizarre. Um, mm-hmm. I I ask because I finally got around to watching the uh, recent One Piece movie, uh, film Red, which mm. is all musical and uh with kind of like the blow up spot for Otto and some yeah, of the songs that... are surprisingly moving. I was like, why am I crying in the club right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've never heard this song or maybe I've heard the song before, but you know, it was just like, wow, this is Otto. Really fucking good singer. Uh so yeah, that 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 was uh I, we have not finished it. We're only like ha- not even quite way halfway through, but it's a it's a fun little time. Uh and One Piece is a fun little world. So uh I have to I'm that. sorry, I'm yeah. pulling back. It's actually not Donald Faison in that commercial. Oh. I thought it was. It's a guy in like Justice he has like a scarf Donald up Faison. around his face and a hat pulled down and I it he he looked similar. It's mm-hmm. totally not him though. So I uh, he's fine. He's, he's not done anything to offend my Justice for Donald Faison. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, as we are always in the mood for justice and um, such things. I don't like where this is going. On our podcast. um, Please tell me you didn't play this game. This Suicide Squad is what no, I'm talking no, about. No, you no, said no, 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 no. Oh man, but uh, poor Sam, he is not having a good Look, time. I, we don't have to derail actually. this. Yeah, uh-huh. that game is doing great on Steam reviews, which is fucking wild. People like garbage. You know? like they do apparently. People do like garbage, but it's people like the Snyder Cut. People are gonna like Suicide Squad. Yeah, Cut. people. Uh, but uh, Sam's been in our. Uh, um in our discord and he is not he's not happy sam likes the snyder cut doesn't like suicide squad kill the justice league hey it's incredible that sam i'm not picking i'm not trying to pick on sam but if anybody yes if anybody sam would be the person that would be like it's fine there's no reason to hate on it or at least you know and he is is such a sad game he is so mad about it he, if yeah. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League's got one hater. It's Sam. Sam. <laughs> oh, Suicide 100%. Justice, Kill the Justice League has no haters. Sam's gone. <laughs> right. Exactly. Very true. Uh, no, I. The problem is, I don't know enough about this game to actually make a. I know, like, enough to be dangerous, but that's only through osmosis. Um, I don't know. We're going to take out some guns and enact justice. It seems like it's just a. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Reload. We're still uh, talking not, about Suicide Squad. Yeah, no, no. Persona 3 Reload, uh, which someone on this podcast did play. Yeah. Would you like um, to tell us about Persona 3 Reload? Sure. So I've, uh, I- I'm dragging myself from playing Persona 3 to uh, Reload to talk about Persona it. Persona 3 because... 2. Wait, hold on. Wait, let's go back. But uh, although there are so many Persona Two fans that are like, please give us anything, give us a scrap of content, please, and Atlas is like, no. Um, yeah, Persona Three Reload came out yesterday. Um, it's the 
remake of the original one uh with not new all the content i mean i'm still still sad about the female protagonist from uh persona 3 portable but you know it is what it is i guess you're gonna have to wait for 2026 when the playstation new portable comes out and they can put out persona portable reload reloaded revolutions on the now persona persona revolution now we're talking exactly wait they've made that but it's basically taking the persona 3 which was originally on uh ps2 and now putting it up to uh, it, it's like it's a full remake though, so it's not it's not just a uh, it's not a remaster or anything. It is a full you know kind of graphical upload uh, upgrade, not upload a uh, graphical upgrade. Um, I think it has it's mostly using the kind of similar system, or well, not system, but similar uh, mechanics to Persona Five and and just generally the kind of quality of life upgrades for persona 5 but with persona 3 it um looks damn good like it is so beautiful is like... it's like it it's it looks gorgeous like i'm playing this game and i'm you know i'm a big fan of persona 3 i played persona 3 portable so that's the version that i you know that i have love for but it is a gorgeous looking game with yeah. a lot it has a lot of um style it it's it it's it's really cool though cuz with the um you know at the with battles and stuff i feel like it has it's going for a lot of the uh visual flair of persona 5 but it is like it doesn't feel like it's like aping persona 5's no. style either so it's like it, it 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 I think does a really good job of conti- keeping the um you know the identity of Persona Three, but updating it so it has a really good level of visual flair and yeah. style, which is cool. Uh, and one that I something I've been really enjoying. Uh, I I yelled at my TV multiple times once when uh some of the music came on because also they they have music the music is new but it's like a lot of remixes of the old songs as well so it's it's start one of the main battle theme in persona uh three is uh a song uh mass destruction mass destruction which starts with a baby 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 and like when that started up i was just like oh <gasps> <laughs> it wasn't even eight percent of three portable it was our uh it was just uh i think it just did percent of three and percent of three fes i mm-hmm. i don't remember if it was ever used in percent of three portable but it is very hype but then they they did a, a really cool um kind of remix with that which is just rad so it's uh it it just feels like kind of exactly what you want from a game remake where it has uh you know it has still has the feel and the great characters great vibes great everything 
but also it it just expands it and gives it a fresh coat of paint. Uh, the art looks gorgeous. The um, everything, all of the various kind of special things and battles look gorgeous. It sounds great. It's it's just it's been really really fun to play because it feels like uh, it feels like the people who worked on the set Atlas were like like the biggest fans of Persona Three who wanted to make something really, really cool. So that's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very much a treat so far and I'm, I'm excited to keep playing it, uh, because it's going to take forever to beat, but in a good way. Sure. Kind of, I think the thing that I bounce off of was persona. F- well, I don't particularly like the level design of persona five. Um, like the design of the castles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I find them, I don't know. I don't find them engaging to explore. I find them mostly tedious. Um, I've only done the first two, but I don't know. Um, I, I much prefer the way that Persona 3 and 4 are structured. But like beyond that, type. yes, um, yeah. beyond that, I think that part of, like you said, it's going for some of the same visual techniques that Persona 5 does. But I think that both the part of what makes Persona 3 and 4 so fucking cool to me is that like they go into the, you know, whatever their dungeon is and they're just like kind of the same as they are outside of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just like it's it's just like normal kids that are going into this incredibly fucked up situation mm-hmm. and 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 like doing it versus I don't love the way that in persona five they're like we're superheroes when we're in the dungeon we put on our our costumes and stuff so like aesthetically i think i prefer persona three's whole deal because it feels much more just like these are just like cool looking students Mm -hmm. that yeah more or less look the same when they go into the dungeon yeah And, and and that is still the case and I think that um, one of the, I think they did a really good job of making uh, Tartarus, which is the main dungeon. It looks really um, imposing. Like there's the like when you first start going into it, there are these steps up to a giant door to go into Tartarus, and it's it just feels like mm-hmm. why are you giving putting these kids in this situation, man? Yeah, and, yeah. which is in a very interesting way. So. It, it looks, I think, really like I think it has that very good look. And I mean, there is still some of the cool, like you know, if you do an all-out attack and you beat it, like there's like a little screen at the end where one of the characters will will just be like, yeah, you know, stuff, you know. So there, so it still is very cool, but it is still, but you, I think it does have that where there are these just students and they're wandering around this dungeon and. There's there's blood dripping down the walls. That's not great. Uh not ideal. Uh but it's uh it's just from when my teeth would bleed at night and I would wipe it on the wall. God, dude. I <laughs> oh boy. I just saw that before I while I was making my coffee this morning. Oh my god. Rat is dead rat is an alarm clock. Oh Motherfucking god, yeah. Ugh. Uh uh-huh. Twitch, anyway, uh, but, yeah. no, no, not Twitch. That one motherfucker. 
who is an idiot. And I mean, anyway, yeah, but... moving on. Sorry. But it's... Uh, they did the. They're doing the thing. I, I, I was. I had effectively written off Persona Three Reload as something I would never play, um, because they didn't include the answer in in it. And but they, the announcement it's, that it's going to be DLC. It's well, it's technically not announced. It's been leaked, but I mean, it's well, pretty, whatever. It's, yeah, but it's like yeah. it's been leaked by somebody who's like one hundred percent right, and to the point where people are like. Do you work at Sega? Because, well, like, they, I mean, do you, the, like, are you Sega PR that's, like, soft launching this? Because you have, like, all the all the answers, and it's all always right. Was it uh, the same person that leaked all of the 100% correct stuff about Reload in the first place? I think so, probably. Yeah, that's what I Midori. thought I heard. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and then um, I think people are also data mining and found, uh, like hints to the to the answer being in there so I, like as dlc so it's like it's already it's already figured out it's already it's 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 happening it's happening yeah. so i and, will play it eventually yeah the question so, i would have is is that gonna let you play it from like your main save or is that gonna be another i don't really care no yeah but if you're coming to it later like i'm just curious like if someone like Allison who started now and that that DLC comes out in six months and you're still playing your game and it's like, oh, you need like a new save or something to play it. I I would be that shocked would... if you did, because um, the answer is uh, after okay. Persona 3. It's, yeah, like, it's not like it's Royal. Com- okay, if it's like a it's completely thing after or, the yeah. story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you play as uh, I guess you don't you don't even play as a protagonist in that. Yeah. So they, they still should have made Royal like a thirty dollar DLC. Even if you have to start a new save, it should have been like a thirty dollar DLC for people who owned the game. But uh, yeah, I yeah. I mean, there. it's sure. It's it. I think um, the answer is a very different thing yeah. than yes. uh, than Royal. It just so happens that they put it out as a new version of the game. Yeah, yeah. In the because it was the PS2 era, yeah. so like yeah. they didn't do what DLC do really. Yeah. Um. But uh, but I I I've only played Fez. I've never played the first like non Fez, and I can't imagine not having that DLC, yeah. not having that ending added. It's like the ending of the story. <laughs> and I've never yeah. I've never played it, so I'm very excited to play it because it's one of those again, things where it's like if I had never played it, I'm sure I would have been fine. But knowing that they did that, I'm like, mm-hmm. you you have to have that. I mean, it's like knowing there's a like a true ending to a game uh, like persona 4 has a true ending and i feel like if you don't do that it would feel very yeah weird and unfinished but uh but but now that i know that i probably will play persona 3 reloaded sooner than mm. later like i'm not going to get it right now Some but i think pass, i'll probably but... Yeah, well, I so I think I'll probably pick it up because I want to play it on Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, because I'm gonna probably get it for my trip. Yeah, I've been I'm playing it on Xbox because it's on Game Pass right now. But I think that I mean you'd have to buy the DLC, obviously. But it's it's uh I I think it would be good on on Steam Deck. I was just like, 
I was just like, I mean, I Persona Five is great on respo- Steam Deck. I was like, yeah. I should just be fiscally responsible and play it no, on the system. I, that's the only the reason I haven't started playing it because <laughs> I don't want to start playing it on Game Pass and then start over on Steam Deck. And I think I'm gonna play it on Steam Deck. <laughs> that, no, that's fair. Yeah, it's, it seems like that'd be a really, <clears throat> really good Steam Deck game. And um, I mean, I played Portable on, on Vita, and it, it's it, it was a perfect Vita game. Um, so yeah, I I I think this is just like. It's 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 really cool playing this because it, it just feels like um so much love went into it. And mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be so easy to re-release Persona 3 on modern systems, uh like have like a, a, a they, half-hearted upgrade, you know. Did they only put Well yeah, system? yeah, you can play Persona 3 portable on yeah. on like most Steam and stuff. platforms, okay. Steam yeah. and okay. and Switch. Okay. Um, that's why I have my Persona Three Portable, uh, uh, special edition that's going to be coming sometime this year, which is kind of, um, for through limited run. I I mm-hmm. got like the, the super fancy version that has the uh, the um replica evoker which is basically like i'm gonna have like a replica gun hanging out in my apartment that's gonna be fun um but uh but anyways it's uh it's i i feel like it'd be super easy to you know to do this in a in a kind of um half-hearted type way Mm -hmm. or a uh word look we're gonna make money you guys you guys like persona 3 but it it feels like which I was it, worried it, that's what this was going to be based yeah. on some of the stuff that came out about it earlier on. Right. But it feels very much not like that playing it. It Good. feels very yeah. much like we love Persona 3. This is a great game and we want to make sure that it, like we want to uh take an already great game but also give it um a lot give it a not not necessarily improve it but yeah, modernize it but also so, modernize it a little bit and also yeah, just, give it a fresh coat of paint and yeah and really do do the work to make it look and make it I as mean, good as it possibly can the be. fan response to me seems to be you know yeah incredibly positive so that's, that's yeah a good thing. And it's yeah. definitely a game that people like didn't like the first exposure i had to persona was persona 4 and like my only exposure to Persona Three is through Persona Four Arena, um, mm-hmm. like that—that's it. And like, I don't think I've ever seen like a physical copy of Persona or Persona Three ever in my life, or like met someone who has talked about it in person. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, okay, I was gonna say like I'm, I've I've talked to I mean, you yes, no, yes, technically. <laughs> Technically, you've met me in person, yeah. and but I, I but I also don't really three at also. <laughs> no, and I don't I don't really talk about it as that much because yeah. I played it a very long time ago. Yeah. And but, like yeah. I, yeah, I, I was you know into JRPGs and stuff, and just like Persona Three was not on my radar at all, uh, not one I ever heard about. Um, and so I only I, knew I about it because very, I worked at GameStop, yeah. and there were people that were like, there were weebs that would come in and tell us about how we should be excited about XYZ JRPG and it happened to be one of them and I was like this game looks cool and then I found out about 
the shooting yourself in the head with the evoker and i was like holy shit that rips <laughs> not that i think that oh, yeah. shooting yourself with guns is cool but like in this case <laughs> well i mean i i could be like that person where i'm like actually it's for a point it's not just to be edgy but you know. no it is you're right yeah exactly it's that's why I think it's cool because it's yeah. not just edgy. It's it's it, and it also looks fucking rad. It looks and, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it's extremely in some ways. Persona Three is like the extremely emo, but not in a shitty way. In like a I like emo music way. Uh, yeah, it's it's like emo. In, it's emo, but like in in, in the way the, that the way it, hates Persona Three. Yes, it's. Best well. <laughs> possible way, like you know, it's like it's it's emo, but like I mean, so much of the like I, I'm not going to spoil anything, but so much of the story game is about like about you know confronting death, but also enjoying life. So it's just like yeah. I, I guess it's I'm I'm not I haven't played through Persona Five, so I don't want to take anything away. I'm sure it's good, like the story. People like the story and stuff. But Persona 3 and 4 right away have so many things in them that feel like you're like doing like there's character work happening and development happening like from the jump. And I feel like Persona 5 never really in the time I played of it, the 10 hours or whatever I played of it, it didn't really like grab me like 3 and 4 did. And I think that that uh, I'm excited to to go back to three at some point and, and see that stuff again. Cause part of um, it is also like where you are in your life, I think, because yeah, maybe, and you know, and what the stories are about. Like, I mean, persona five is very much about like the relationship between adults and like teenagers and kind of sure. like power dynamic, like youth versus uh, yeah, it, elderly or, you know, elders. And also the further away you get from, that high school dynamic in your own life probably the harder it is to connect with it whereas maybe you're like i mean you know there's always like that part of you that you know kind of remembers and can relate to that um but i guess i just feel like persona three and four have always felt like more mature stories to me sure. um which oh, isn't to it, say that persona five is bad it's just i yeah I, th I and i think that's partially i mean you know from what andre's saying is right where there so much of the focus on persona 5's story and kind of is on you know youth and on them yeah. being young and on them like coming up against adults that are looking to take care yeah. take advantage of and them less, and as i i don't i can't really you know you from what you've said you know like uh dealing with death and like you know enjoying life and that kind of stuff but persona 5 is like a little more grounded or like less esoteric in its way because it is like struck like social dynamics instead of like, right yeah and like, i think know, i think instead that of like being... that maybe that you know like yeah for sure esoteric stuff is just more engaging and that's totally fine i think it is in part because i think that the setting and concept of the game itself lends itself so yeah. well for telling a really kind of weird introspective story and so the the juxtaposition of like mundane going to school and making friends in persona three and four with the really heavy themes and stuff that's happening in the 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 um 
in the dungeon is more effective to me than persona five kind of just sort of feeling more like in a way, like kind of like exaggerated. Like it feels like they have to exaggerate things to make you go like, Oh, this is heavy because Mm -hmm. it's so like the, the people are like, no, he's like a comically nasty person. You know, (laughs) I doesn't, you don't run into as much in persona three and four. Yeah. I think it gets better as you go along in, in persona five. Um, and I think especially some of the, uh, later stuff with Royal that I really like that are like the, I think that gets a little bit more um, more nuanced, but it, it, you definitely start off um, with the kind of like, oh yeah, here's obviously the bad person who is taking care of, who is uh, yeah. taking advantage of these high school students, and it's terrible. Like, it, and it, I do want to play it at some through at some point too. So I don't. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I yeah, I, I love, I love all of them. Uh, I think I'm going to actually once I'm done with Persona Three go play um and finish persona four and then do persona five again just because i'm just like yeah. every time i play these games i'm like man you have a they're really good games as i are um, good stormlight archive again for the yeah. time <laughs> yeah uh. it's it's just like uh yeah this is just uh, i don't know there's something about it and um and also i think part of the thing that um part of the reason i have like a really strong affection for persona four five royal in particular i mean it's there's there's a lot of like i played i never finished the og persona 5 like i kind of but um persona 5 reload i played royal a lot persona 5 royal i played a lot of when it was um the the when i finished it it was specifically i'd been it was like mid-covid I'd been laid off from my job and having that kind of like structure of the day to day kind of um, stuff. It, it like, so it, it like uh, something about it just yeah, really, makes sense. Yeah. I was like, I needed that game at that moment. So I have mm-hmm. like a lot of affection for it. Sure, yeah. But, you know, I, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to do that, to replay through all of that. I've never actually finished Persona 4, so I need to finish that. Um, I actually haven't either uh but most of it but but it's yeah. uh but yeah it's i i think they're really great Dude, games. They're, those games um, are like 130 hours <laughs> yeah they sure today are I, today i learned i am the, I the have... only true persona fan who has finished both <laughs> persona 4 and Persona. no because you haven't played persona 3 so no, you don't count true, no or yeah persona 1 you haven't even two. started We're persona all 3 yeah because uh, i finished persona i've played three persona and... 2 i've played the first three games Oh shit! Wow. Okay, wow. I I need to play. I actually need to play those. Um, but yeah. uh, those the first two are about adults, aren't they? Uh, like the adults. Uh, they're like young adults. I, I they're heard. a little older than the characters in. I, the, I was the... seeing people complaining like Atlas should make a. Why doesn't Atlas make like a Persona game about college students or whatever? Uh, they they are college students in in Persona yeah, One and Two. People yeah. are saying like you know one and two they're college students, but it's because. Yeah. It's, well, it's you know, cool. I, mean, I don't like, know. Like they're, in America, they're old not games. Everybody goes to college, so it's like high school is a much more universal experience. And that's the yeah. I mean, that's that's the reason that I think that um, so much Japanese well, media focuses on high school. Right. I, I I mean I think that's why so much media in general focuses on high school is because it is like, and it, it also it, it it brings together a lot of people that wouldn't necessarily be brought together in. 
you know, normal or, or, or in life after that, you know, it's like, it, it's even with college, like it's a lot of, it's not everybody goes to college. Not everybody's Your interested or fair uh, <laughs> but uh but I, I think with with high school it's just like it's it's just like enforced putting like everybody together in one place you know type yeah. of thing yeah. so um but uh the other thing i'd like to i i just wanted to call out for persona 3 reload is that the they have uh, a new voiced cast and they're all really really good um good. i yeah, they're they're all they're all really fantastic, and I uh, think that they're so far at least um, really you, portraying the characters really well. So are I'm you very... playing with the English voices right now? Yeah, I, okay. I, I I they're all they're all really fantastic. So I I've been kind of enjoying that, but yeah, I'm, I'm playing I, with the English voice cast, which yeah. I always can't. I can't anymore. I can't do. It. I back. I when I first played Persona Three, when I played Persona Four Golden, um, I did the the English voice cast. But anymore, I play with the Japanese voices because it's a weird like juxtaposition for me of like, oh, it's set in Japan, and then oh, to I have almost them speak always English. do that too. But I, but I, I just started with the the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think really there's anything good. wrong with it. The English voice yeah. casts are always good, so it's it's certainly not a. I'm not saying I think it's the right way to play or anything, but I've, that's how I've always done. Yeah, no, I I normally do that with a lot of other ones, but for some reason, I mean, certain um, I don't know, certain JRPGs, it it works for me, and I think it works here. So, um, they're all really good. Um, but yeah, right. I I don't know, it's 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 I'm just very excited about about keeping playing Persona Three Reload because it's uh. It's really great, and I think it does uh, a lot to kind of. I, I hope show more people why Persona Three is so beloved because yeah. it's it's just I think a really great game. The and real fans play it. The real fans play <laughs> exactly. I, I uh, was like, I, I whatever. It's it's a Persona game. Like I get it. I you. you much like a Pokemon game in some ways, I'm like, yeah, you get the Persona and you get whatever. Uh, but then, like, see the real Pokemon with guns is Persona Three. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Where's Belphegor? Uh, I need to, I need to level up my Belphegor. Um, but seeing it like on Steam and like the screenshots and in motion and like the trailer because I haven't paid attention to the trailers. Uh, like seeing it, I'm like, oh damn, okay, maybe I do want to. You play should, this. you should play it on Game Pass at least. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not even like, a, yeah, like I would. It, more, it's at this point, it's just like, okay, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, re- of course, remake. for sure. I've got Persona Five Royal, where I'm like, maybe a quarter of the way in. Uh, you know, I've got all these other games that I've been playing and stuff. Yeah, of course, like, I, I totally started and then just not finish it, and you know, it, like that's fine, but also. You know, uh, but I am more interested in playing it um, now that it's out uh, than I was when I would. When I had no interest, just in like a eh, I'm not interested kind of way, not in a like I am mm-hmm. actively uninterested or something. But yeah, oh, I, yeah. I I think they're the characters are all really good, and it's I think the story is really worth it. Um, so I, I'm excited to just keep ex, uh, experiencing that again. Uh, 
One of one of your teammates is a dog, and he's best boy. Oh, uh, what? So... Why the fuck? Nobody tell me this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kodobaru. Mm-hmm. He's a good. This. He's, this. he's a good dog. He's a good boy. Three years ago, and I've been like, let's fucking I'm go. Pretty positive. I mentioned Kodobaru. Never. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know, I would have you not had... mentioned Kodobaru. Like, yeah, it is pretty well known. You know, he's a good. He's the goodest boy, I and. Mm-hmm and yeah. uh the well arguably the, the issue, most famous character unfortunately never seen and, this dog in my life <laughs> he's so good he's such a good boy uh i'm I so excited when i get to see i guess again i love her um who's who's a robot who's a robot uh and she's she's the best uh you know the problem is I, this dog wasn't a playable character in persona 3 or persona 4 arena what's the point what's the point of bringing in other characters uh, with without getting like one of the best ones like let's be real that's what i'm saying so well uh that is persona 3 reload revolutions uh re re remix uh also in the the re family of games We've got Grand Blue Fantasy re relink. Yes, With not a remake of anything. Re re <laughs> relinking the fire. Yes, in fact, this is a weird. It's the story in Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is weird. We're not weird. I don't know. It's set like after the Gotcha game, but so the Gotcha game is still going. I couldn't tell you because I'm only like 10% of the way through the chapters in the gotcha game. Um, so I don't know where, if the story has I, technically like have, ended, ended or I, I think like the initial story is over and they have started like a second arc or something. And I have it's heard maybe that, that takes like place really after really, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I really like what I've played of the gotcha game, but it's also a lot of re I mean, it's a visual novel mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, with with like turn based battles in between the the chapters, it's one of the only visual novels I've played that I like. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it it's uh, yeah I've I've moved through it very slowly. Um, but uh, but I really like Grand Blue Fantasy art. I like the characters a lot. I'm a a big 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 fan of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. I think it kind of moved into being. It's at least like tied with Guilty Gear strive as being my favorite fighting game um i played a shitload of uh versus rising last month and i'm gonna play more of it um and uh and relink is not a fighting game at all it's an interesting really interesting kind of weird in some ways game um that is uh you know the premise is that it's it's a new story in the grand blue universe that takes place kind of after at uh, the the story of the gotcha game and um the grand blues it's almost like a comic book in the sense that you can kind of jump in wherever into the story and get caught up um it's not like like i think it's a pretty good story but it's very it's also pretty like pulpy and simple so um it's not it's not hard to to kind of fall in and understand um, and they do a thing in 
there's a thing in Grand Blue Fantasy, the mobile game or the gotcha game, because you can it's a browser game, so you can play it on whatever. Um, in Grand Blue Fantasy, where there's this thing called fate episodes, and they're they're like stories that give you background that are kind of separate from the main story that give you background on the characters. So that way you can feel some kind of narrative connection to the character that you just pulled that maybe isn't featured in the main story at the time. Um, and in uh, they've kind of taken the fate episode moniker thing for relink and the characters all have a series of fate episodes and they kind of give you their backstory as you, as you go and the episodes unlock as you play through the game. But the, the premise is, is narrative premise is like super simple. It's just basically a setup for them to be on this kind of new archipelago. And so far the story has been something's weird. There's this, there's this concept in grand blue of it's very standard JRPG stuff of there's the, these primals, which are just like in final fantasy. They're like, almost like deific levels of power beings um, like summons in final fantasy that are like sort of the spirits of these different sky islands. And there was a race of beings in sort of the ancient times called the astrals. And you, you kind of find out early on that like the astrals might have created the primals to be weapons for them. Um, and the primals are things like Tiamat and Bahamut and stuff like that. Um, and just like literally just like summons from final fantasy. Um, and there's a character, uh, kind of the, the sort of, she really is kind of the main character of the story. You don't play as her ever because she's like not a combat character, but Lyria, um, is like, she can like control primals, even though she's not an astral because the astrals have been like, have died out for, for generations or whatever. Um, so like that's kind of like the basic premise. So like at the beginning of Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, you're fighting some some monsters, and as a matter of course, as what happens, like on the they're fighting on the the airship, the Lyria summons Bahamut, which is just you know if you played Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising, that's like the ultimate move for the Grand and Jita is they summon Bahamut. Um, it's just like and uh, then Final Fantasy fourteen one point Sure. I think that's how that ended yeah it did with bahamut coming out of the moon or whatever yeah um no in this case bahamut's not quite as as scary messed up as as uh <laughs> as as that but um the uh the bahamut like kind of goes crazy and starts attacking the ship and they're like oh my god what are we gonna do and you have to f- kind of fight him off and it's pretty cool like he's flying around and and you're still in the tutorial. It's like the first kind of boss fight that you get to see. And he really messes up the the ship, the Grand Cipher. And um, then like Lyria falls off the ship after the battle because she has a like weird out of body moment. And the main character you can play in Grand Blue. There's a there's a, a, a boy main character and a girl main character. And you can pick between them. You can swap at any time in the mobile game. I have to me jita the girl is canon she's just a lot more interesting in my opinion <laughs> than grand um I, I mainly came to that conclusion during playing grand blue fantasy versus rising because they're slightly different and i like her a lot more so i i'm playing as her but she falls off the ship after lyria and then you're in this archipelago and the, the grand cypher is kind of damaged so you're sort of stuck there um and uh thus far the story 
a few hours into playing the story for me is like <clears throat> there's this primal here and it's weird just like the story of every chapter of the mm-hmm. the gotcha game and you know i went to go fight some goblins um but the thing that's cool about grand blue that i really like is the story is super simple but the characters are really fun and like the characters are written with a lot of personality um and so it that that is the case here too and kind of more center centered than the story for relink is um it is a really really fun action rpg in the sort of jrpg action rpg style of games like tales of arise and um the yeast games are a good comparison um and uh i can't remember the other one that someone brought up i can't remember if it was you or sam uh, oh it, final fantasy 7 is a really good comparison the final fantasy 7 remake um it doesn't feel like no. final fantasy 7 remake but conceptually it's very similar in some of mm. the stuff it's doing combat wise um and so you know feel very distinct from each other which yes at least i feel they do i mean somebody might play it and say they they feel exactly the same i i think they're pretty like the main character so you have you have a party of four characters at any given time you can't switch between them during combat but you can go into the menu and swap around who's the main character who the player character is kind of whenever um and they have pretty distinct play styles like the main character jita or gran um you're doing combos all the characters attack with like x and y with the main character gran or, or jita you're doing combos and Anytime you do a finisher, um, you level up their arts level and they're kind of more power. The higher their arts level, the more powerful their skills are. So then you can get up to level four and then use a skill and spend the arts level. And it's like it does extra stuff. Um, You can play as Catalina, who is similar in that she's like X and Y swords combos, but her combos bring out her like astral guardian and um, he comes out on finishers and like does a big attack or something. And so you kind of want to build this meter and then do a finisher. And then her uh, abilities will have kind of different effects. If he's like at, if the meter's full um, or you can do the combo finisher to, to do a bunch of damage and, and kind of summon them. But then there's, and so they're like kind of similar, but they feel very different because Catalina feels a little weightier kind of more deliberate than uh jita or grand does but then um if you switch to like yugen he's got a gun (laughs) so he you hold down the x button and you actually go into like an aim mode where you're using the stick to move a reticle around and shooting the gun at 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 enemies um and then he's got a grenade and you can shoot the grenade and it does more damn it does a bunch of damage um and then he has like an aoe attack that you can aim with like a, a, a template on the ground and stuff so he feels like wildly different than the other two and they're the only three characters i put that much time into but at first i was like oh yeah and there's six different characters that's fun but then i found the menu where you can also unlock another 12 characters that are from around like grand blue um and so yeah like 18 different pretty distinct characters is is cool and Structurally, the game is like, I love it because it's got a very, like, there's a set of side quests that are pretty much always sort of fetchy things that kind of you resolve alongside the main quest. The main quest is fairly linear, 
but there are the environments have some branching paths to go off and and find like chests and and stuff there's like a kind of chest that you have to complete a quick little jumping puzzle to unlock the chest and stuff so it has that kind of thing going on um it's not heavy on exploration but i think that's fine because the real fun of the game is the the combat and so you get into these combat arenas it's a good mix of you know fighting some normal enemies and then fighting a boss at the end of a, a thing um or sort of a level and then you can return to town at any time and there's ways to, like there's there's a um you can upgrade weapons with different materials that you get and then there's also a system of sigils which are like passive boosts that you can upgrade with different materials too and then um there's a whole as characters level you unlock uh mastery points which is a whole thing they each character has a whole huge tree of mastery skills some of them are passive some of them unlock new skills because you can also hold the right bumper and push a face button and use different skills um and they're pretty distinct from character to character and uh the the mastery trees like i've unlocked like three or four i think there's like around a hundred nodes on the offense tree and on the defense tree for each character so there's there's a lot there and um what's interesting is for the main story quest it seems like that's there for you to engage with but it's pretty straightforward play through the game you don't have to do a ton of like deep hunting for certain materials to get certain upgrades because if you just kind of use the stuff as you get it you'll be good but what's fun is that there's a whole the game also has like monster hunter kind of stuck into it or i don't know maybe god eater or freedom wars is a better comparison but there's in the town there's a quest counter just like you would see in a monster hunter game and you can the quests that are there are like challenges kind of that are like kill four waves of goblins in an arena and you the fast you know it'll give you bonus objectives of like complete completed in under three minutes use thrown objects to kill certain enemies don't don't be downed at all and then you get bonus points for completing that those objectives and then it increases your rating on the quest and then you get increased rewards of different materials and so you can kind of if you want to you can kind of grind out all these upgrades and the quests get very hard on the high end harder than the the main story so there is sort of this whole like and you could play all of that in co-op too the main story is not co-op but the those those quest counter quests are co-ops you can pick your character and then load in with other people um and it makes for just a very fun reason what i love about it is that they they crammed all these systems in cuz cuz i mean in combat too there's like link attacks and super attacks and all this stuff they cram all these systems in and you can kind of i'm playing on hard and you still kind of it's not that hard on in the main story but the fact that there's this whole set of quests to grind through at the quest counter that eventually turn into like this is really going to test your your capabilities with the combat system and you might need to play co-op and kind of lean on people to get a really high rating on the harder quests it's it's just really cool it's it's nice that there's a thing that ties into your progress and your character development that is totally focused on mastering the mechanics uh and i really like that about it nice yeah it it is cool that they can take something like 
uh, Grand Blue uh, and turned it into this bigger uh, fleshed out thing and do more with character. Obviously, they did the fighting game, but because again, yeah, as so many yeah, times it's... like games, uh, you know, you get like the One Piece games or just anime game, anime games, anime games in general. Uh, that you know, on, on the license thing, they just kind of feel phoned in and are like, oh, this is for sure. Got yeah. It seems like they really, you know, went for something. I think they are. Like, yeah. Even sticking with like, and it's the astral stuff and like keeping that aspect, but still keeping, you know, just like doing a really good translation of the gotcha game into an, like an action RPG. Yeah. And I think they've done a really great job with the whole IP of like each of the three current games that you could get into right now are good entry points. Like, you can play Relink. What I kind of meant about it being sort of like a comic book is you could play Relink and go, I really like these characters. I want to go play um, the gotcha game. And you, it doesn't feel like jumping in with Relink. You're like, yeah, you don't really know who these characters are and they have a lot of history together, but it does enough to kind of clue you in on who they are and what they're doing that you don't feel, I don't think you are missing out if you haven't played the gotcha game. And I say that because I've only played the first, like I said, 10 chapters of the gotcha game. So like, I, I, I don't know. There's a character who has an awesome backstory and I didn't know who she was. And she's one of the main characters in this game. Um, but I already feel up to speed on, on her and everything. Um, but you could also then go, well, maybe I'll try the fighting game. Cause I really like relink and the, the moves that are, are skills in, relink translate to care what characters do in the fighting game really well it doesn't play like a fighting game at all but it it if you 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 can kind of go like oh this is how catalina's stuff works in the fighting game that makes sense because this is how she works in relink so i think it's neat that they're that they're kind of making these games all sort of feel yeah. good to get into there, together too a cohesive through line yeah the design and philosophy of the characters yeah, and it's so to your point, like it's so much more cohesive than you get with most licensed games. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that they picked, like, I would argue, the best developer in fighting games to make their fighting yeah. game. And they picked uh, nothing against Capcom or, or you know, the Tekken's great, Street Fighter's great, but you know, they're my at least Arxis is my favorite. Yeah, I think they do I, the most consistent work. Arxis is um, the best fighting game developer. And yeah, and um, and. And Relink is developed by Psy Games. Like it's the same. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a team within. I don't know how much overlap there is with the the Grand Blue Fantasy team, but it's a team. It's an internal team that's making the game. So they didn't farm it out to like. Yeah. I don't know. Some some other studio. So uh, it shows that they have a lot of care for the 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 story and the characters and the license. And I think that's that's great. Yeah. Um. And uh, and then I would also like technically. Uh, it's it's a nice looking game. Um, it's weird. We've talked about it a little bit. If you look at screenshots, some of them look like pretty rough, but it's got it's so heavily stylized that you really have to see it in motion to kind of get mm -hmm. what it's doing. And it to the extent some that of the, some when you shots look really great, and then some of them are just like ooh. But. it's weird it never it only ever looks rough to me in the dialogue sequences when characters are just standing around talking to each mm -hmm. other because the character models are not super detailed and they're not like 
they're super heavily stylized, but once they start moving around like at all, suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, the animation is so good. And the way that they, it feels weird to say particle effects because it's this like cell shaded kind of anime style. So it's almost not, they're not really particle, but like when you swing your sword and there's like a green trail on the sword or whatever, like all of that stuff looks um, incredible. So it's, it's a kind of a weird thing. I think if like the frame rate were lower, it would probably not look as good to me, but playing it at like over a hundred frames a second on a PC, it's just like so fluid and it really, it's not even like it's like an playing an anime. Like that's something that you, people have said about certain games this is just more like no it's just like really and like a lot of the backgrounds have like a almost like a watercolor aesthetic mm. and stuff that's really cool and mixes in and the colors are really really bright so i don't know i i really do dig the way the game looks even though it's kind of rough looking at times in screenshots um like i posted a screenshot in our discord when it happened like when i came out onto it and saw the things moving it was like breathtaking so i grabbed a screenshot and posted it but then when i looked at the screenshot after i posted it it was like eh, this kind of i don't this doesn't look that good as a screenshot yeah but it looked beautiful when i walked out onto the the path definitely been there um and there's like there's something like kind of xeno gears about that or sure. xeno blade about that um mm-hmm. that specific yeah. screenshot you just you know the vistas and like the wide open space and the mountains and whatnot like you know kind of similar in that like small person in a big vast uh, yes world I think they they nailed that really well um and uh and so yeah the and then the music is they took a lot of the music from Grand Blue and they, it is great music that the series has really good all around um so yeah i will say that the pc port has some weird quirks i think it's if you primarily play on pc i think it's still worth it it sounds like it runs um there's two kind of ways you can play it on steam deck there's like a standard setting that runs at 30 frames a second but it's pretty much locked to 30 um and then there's a like performance setting I don't know. I read this. I read this in a person's mm-hmm. forum post, so I, I don't know if they call what they call it if it's actually a Steam Deck specific thing or not. Mm-hmm. But there's like a performance setting where it'll it'll hit 50, but it fluctuates a lot between 40 and 50 FPS. So it's kind of this person was saying the best experience is just to play it in the standard sort of fidelity setting and just play it at 30. Um, I don't know that I would have as good a time with it at 30 frames a second because mm-hmm. part of why I like it so much is how fluid the combat yeah. feels. But um, it's there. I mean, it runs on Steam Deck well enough from from what it sounds like. Uh, if and but then there's the PC version on Windows at least has like I, I didn't have an issue with it yesterday, and they did do a small hot fix, so maybe they fixed it. But on launch day, it was like if you launched it, it just wouldn't start. Like, like I launched it. It went to a black screen, didn't do anything. Launched again, it showed like the splash screens and then just went to a black screen, didn't do anything. And then the third time I launched it, it worked. And then later that night, I launched it again and um, it wasn't working. I couldn't get it to work like three times in a row. So I rebooted my PC and then it worked fine the first try. Uh, And then yesterday it worked okay. Uh, I can't remember if I had to launch it twice or not. So that's weird. There, I guess, was a um, 
an issue with the uh, first chapter at the end of the first chapter. If you try, there's a cutscene, and it um, if you did it in borderless windowed mode, it would crash. So you had to switch to windowed for the cutscene. I didn't have that. I hit that, and it was fine for me in borderless windowed. So I, I don't, I don't know if they fixed that or something. But anyway, it has some weird PC quirks. Um, so if you're someone who plays a lot on, like Allison, if you were to play this game, since you play a lot of stuff on PS5 anyway, I would just yeah, that's why you mentioned that. So I, I think I'm, I'm really interested in picking this up. So I think I'm going to play it on PS5 when I, I just since it. I. I have my PS5 hooked up to the same monitor as my PC, but it's just I lo- I prefer to use the PC and uh to, to to the and especially since there's like the grindy element, and I can put a show on my second monitor or something if I want to do the quests that are more You're grindy. You're gonna make so. Allison buy so many more anime JPEGs. Well, um, I would say you could play through Persona. You know, the, yeah. So this is this is the core thing of what I really like about Relink is. It feels to me like a live service game in a box in that I don't think that they're going to service game it up. Like there's no microtransactions. There's like some you like you can buy the deluxe edition. It comes with some character colors and then a bunch of consumables that just I was like, I don't want those. I want to play the i don't want a boost (laughs) so i didn't buy the deluxe edition because i've I've, maybe i'll get the the character color packs they're selling those separately maybe i'll get those at some point but i didn't want the extra resources um but um i don't get the impression that they're gonna do any kind of like service gamey stuff with it maybe they'll add some dlc to it that i could see but did you see there's a game industry.biz ran a story i there was a survey yes. that went around. Ninety five percent of game developers are making a service game, but they defined it in the survey as yeah. games with a regular update cadence. Yeah. Which is like Okay, yeah, I saw that. Attached. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid. Yeah, I saw um, okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense because I saw that and I was like yeah, the server uh, unserious publication. Service, like but like also having things like general updates and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, we, we tend to support our games after launch. Like that's like, a big difference between that and like a live service game. Like yeah. the like the idea behind that was why I was mad about mad as being generous, but be like, you know, I I mentioned because uh, uh Cyberpunk was nominated for like best service game at the game awards i was like that's not what that is i mean it got an update just... but it's not a service game yeah, yeah. a live service game it, implies like, ongoing game, totally different I guess, but like i, I it's suppose still, it's the same thing service game ongoing game same thing but yeah so what uh, what's cool about relink is that it's like it's doing a thing where you're like it's, it's kind of like genshin in that it's it's like mm-hmm. there's these short repeatable quests that get you resources that you can use to upgrade the gear and characters that you have and um maybe by doing some of them you'll have a chance to get like a new weapon or something but it's not the problem with genshin is it's an endless treadmill where you're doing this stuff on a schedule in order to keep up with your own progress in the game's world because the game's world constantly gets harder as you improve your characters and it kind of like 
takes all of the fun to me out of upgrading your character and doing getting farming these resources and stuff. What's cool about Relink is it's not an endless treadmill. There's a list of quests <laughs> and you can do them all. Do, yeah. And so it's 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 cool to me because it's like, no, I like the grindy do these quests, play this fun combat that I like over and over thing. But and the idea of doing it with other people dropping in is fun too. But I don't but you also can there's like an end to it and there's a reason to there's like a point to to maxing out your characters because then you can do the hardest stuff and then you did it and then maybe they'll make a sequel or they'll add some extra content in a DLC or something. So I think it's I think it's cool that it it kind of captures that. And you also don't have to spend a bunch of money on polls either, because instead it's just there's this list of characters. And I think it's a gotcha system to get those extra characters because I don't know if you get to pick or if it's like a random chance, but either way, it's not tied to microtransactions. I haven't gotten one of the character tickets yet, but they're in game. And I've, I've seen someone say it has like a gotcha system, but it's all in game currency. There's no, uh, there's no microtransactions. There's not even like a, a structure for them to add them later. Um, at least in the game right now, uh, because the only thing that you can do is there's like a claim DLC or claim like, bonus content thing menu option in one of the, the the vendors menus that you can use to get the like costumes and stuff but it's there's no like in-game storefront or anything uh so yeah i dig it i think it's a at first i was playing it and i was like ah this i'm having a lot of fun with this i don't want to oversell it to anybody but i'm the more i play of it i'm like no actually i think this is just legitimately a really good one of these um and anybody who likes sort of J action RPGs should, should check it out. All right. Nice. That's a grand blue fantasy relink, uh, on the personal computer. Uh, you've also, uh, speaking of service games played yeah. a little bit of the football club. Yeah. Football EA sports, club. EA sports. It's a uh, game. FC, FC, EA, EA sports, FC 24 queen is what we've Foodie, been calling club. Uh, a friend of mine made a, the, the, <laughs> it's the text message conversation. He edited it to say like, FC, <laughs> EA sports, FC 24 tonight at EA sports, FC 24 tonight, queen, EA sports, FC 24 tonight. Eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I picked it up because it was on Mega Sale uh, at the start of the year, and the the new one doesn't come out until like September, so it's still got yeah. kind of a a long tail on it. Um, and I do still twenty twenty four baby. Last year's game pissed me off a lot. Like I just didn't. I I used to play FIFA pretty consistently, mm-hmm. and then in like twenty eighteen, I got like weirdly shadow banned from Ultimate Team, where like. Oh, I would try to maybe, open. Maybe you talked about this. I definitely complained about it at yeah. the time. I I tried to open FIFA Ultimate Team, and um, it just like wouldn't connect. Mm-hmm. And I went down a rabbit hole of like trying to figure it out. And eventually, I was talking to a customer service rep, and they were like, "We've seen some unusual activity on your account. We can no longer assist you." And I was like, "What?" The fuck? And all I can think is that at some point. Someone did hack my EA account and um, they didn't I didn't see any charges on my card or anything, Mm -hmm. but I wonder if they like bought tried to buy a bunch of 
ultimate team yeah. shit. And then, okay. yeah, I don't know. Um, so, uh, the, but since then, and I couldn't get into it that I tried it in FIFA 19 too, and it wouldn't let me. So I just gave up. Mm-hmm. And then since then though, FIFA 23, I was able to play ultimate team and I'm able to play it in 24 in 23. Um, I don't know what it, I just got really pissed because I felt like I couldn't improve at it. And I found the tutorial, like the skill games and stuff really frustrating for some reason. Um, and something about 24 feels better to me. I don't know what it is about the, 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 I still have, what's that? FIFA's not. Oh yeah. Cause FIFA's not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, I can tell you the career mode is a lot better because they kind of quieted down some of the extraneous shit around like investing in esports teams and <laughs> stuff. That stuff is still there, but it's not as in your face. Um, and um, the the I feel like I can like improve more. I don't know why, but it I I spent some time like practicing what skill games, and I felt like I was actually getting investing in face plan with your. <laughs> well, the thing about FIFA, so the thing is, I play it with with friends, and we just kind of jump in and play like one v one. You know, like you play a fighting game, just like oh, let's play FIFA for a half hour and and like pick teams that are kind of similarly skilled and go at it, and I get irrationally angry when I lose at FIFA. It's like <laughs> bad. Um, like a FIFA it doesn't. Game. Yeah, it doesn't bother me if it's a close game, mm-hmm. but when I feel like I've lost control of what's happening. And I start to like lose by more than a few points. I'm just like, I don't want to fucking play this anymore. Sure. Um, and uh, it really frustrates me. And um, so I felt like if I couldn't figure out a way to kind of improve and get a little better at it, I was just not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but but it's the tutorials here work pretty well, and I've I've they've they've worked for me well. And the, and I've been playing Ultimate Team because my other thing coming in was like I played a lot of Diamond Dynasty in MLB the show last year. And it was just like a f- that it's a fucking nightmare. It's just a like horrible, horrible FOMO. Like if you want world baseball classic, Mike Trout, then you need to play 20 hours this week. Otherwise you're going to have to spend $400 to buy the tick, the, the currency to get him. Cause that's what he's going to cost on the auction house. And, uh, it's like, super toxic because diamond dynasty in the show is built around this premise of like collecting everything Mm -hmm. so you can fill a digital binder and then you get rewards for collecting everything so it's like do you want the the ken griffey jr rookie card well guess what you need to collect all of the american league players and to do that you need to grind your ass off because one of these players is only going to be available for a week and you have to complete and in order to get this player you have to go into a game situation where you play a full game and you you had better get four home runs as griffy in this one game cuz that's the objective and you'll spend 5 hours trying to do it and it's just like it sucked i hate it was awful yeah the game is amazing but like those that set of things and so i kind of came into to ultimate team thinking it that it it must be doing that because the diamond dynasty must be copying whatever FIFA's doing. 
it's so not though it's so much less disgusting it's still like it's still giving you a bunch of stuff to do but it's like stuff you do just you can do just by playing the game normally and um the rewards are things like extra packs it's not like there are places where they have a single card tied to something but it's so less of a thing than it is in Diamond Dynasty. It's a way less toxic experience. It's much more just like, eh, this is a fun way to play the the game and kind of progress a team. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, that, that's been enjoyable, actually enjoyable, not like feverish. I have to complete all these objectives, so I'm going to sit in front of my, my TV from 10 inches away <laughs> for four hours a night like I did with Diamond Dynasty for a bit. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh I would still say that full price for FIFA is or sorry, FC24 is kind of criminal, but I got it for 20 bucks, so it's been mm-hmm. good for that. Uh it's on like part of is it not part of like Game Pass at this point? I mean, if you So you can play it. a 10-hour trial of it. Okay, so <laughs> on, 10-hour trial. On, yeah, at, at yeah. some point they do just like roll it into the actual uh, subscription. Yes, but I believe it's like a month before the new one comes mm-hmm. out. So, Makes sense. Uh, and you, nothing really carries over from year to year, other than um, your your team name kind of you're like your team name carries over, and it'll say established whatever year you uh, like. My team is the shore is Shoreline FC, and it says established twenty twenty three whenever I load into a game because I that's the club I started in FIFA 23. Right. So yeah. Right. Um, but, I, but it's fun. I've been trying to get into more soccer uh-huh. this year. Uh-huh. So it's, that's part of it that's, too. This is, is, I'm, this is the, the year of the footy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's partly because um, the national football's women's soccer over, league so. in, well, yeah. And well, football's really over cause they killed the Seattle sea dragons. So I don't have any ball spring football to go watch. No. Um, I don't know why it was the second most popular team in the league, but they the merged XFL? the XFL. Okay. They merged the XFL and the and the USFL together. Mm-hmm. So they kept half the teams from the XFL and half the teams from the USFL, which was the other spring football league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they killed all of the West Coast teams uh, in both leagues because I assume they just don't want to have to travel to yeah, the West Coast. Yeah. Um, it's fine to travel, I guess, from New York to Texas, but God forbid you go to Seattle or California. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, but I like having a reason to go to the football field because I like the football field uh, and um, the uh, National Women's Soccer League is awesome and obviously makes sense because the women's U.S. Women's World Cup team is really good uh, and um, the the Seattle women's team for a long time was owned by a bank in France and they were called the OL Reign because that name of the bank was OL and it uh, always skewed me out. I was like the rain in France. Yeah. I mean the rain, the, the rain part makes sense. Cause it's like spelled rain, like R E I G N, but it's also like mm-hmm. a play on words. Cause it rains a lot here. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but now the Seattle Sounders bought the team mm-hmm. from the bank. So now they're called the Seattle rain, which I have a lot more warm feelings about. <laughs> um, so I'm going to probably get season tickets to go watch them. Uh, and so that's cool. But then I'm also trying to pick out a Premier League team to to follow uh, because Premier League football is very good. Um, and 
I've always struggled to get into it because I've sure. never been able to pick a team out. But Allison's dad could point you in the right direction or something, right? <laughs> I have some friends who are real Hotspur fans, and they're really trying to pull Probably me. And last year, I tried to get into the Spurs, and they were it was just like absolute chaos in their front office. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like yeah, I watched funny. a few of their games, and I was like, this this the vibes are bad here. <laughs> Um, so I just kind of gave up, but mm-hmm. this year the vibes, the Tottenham vibes are a lot better, but I also am, have become kind of partial to the, the, the wolves. Um, and, uh, there's a couple other teams that I'm trying, I'm basically trying to watch at least one game a day. Cause on if Peacock, you can watch replays of, uh, premier league games. So I'm trying to watch at least one game a day to get a, get an idea of who I want to follow. Uh, get into i wanted to get into some basketball this year but just who the fuck has time and then also i'm not like i'd have to be watching like you know stuff afterwards and and that way you can kind of skip no i super don't i don't really like watching sports that i care about on replay the only reason that i'm enjoying it with the premier league is because i'm since i'm trying to pick a team out it's like (laughs) more like research it yeah. feels like i'm watching film rather than watching to see yeah. how the game yeah. ends i mean i got you know I, uh, eventually if i i would probably end up getting like spoilers for games or whatever but like i don't know put something on or whatever like put on a blazers game but uh then i have to figure out like find one and all that kind of stuff and problem too is blazers kind of not great so but the hometown <laughs> team so you know no i get it i trust me dude team, i yeah. i the reason I'm not into the NBA is because Seattle doesn't have a team and the Detroit team is the Pistons and they almost set the record for the most losses ever Hell yeah. in a row this year. Mm-hmm. So, nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's go. They tied it and then they managed to win a game oh, boo. Uh, before boo. They, they actually surpassed the record. Uh, let's take a look at their record. Currently, their record is 6-42. and 42. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's- that, but you got to be a fan now, so that way you don't get called a fair weather, weather I mean, fan when they technically I've been a fan. Back. I've technically been a fan for forever because I mean I've always liked Detroit teams, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, it's not. How would your heart be in following a six and forty-two team? Um, uh, well, I've never been really into any teams, so I, I couldn't tell you. I yeah, couldn't, I couldn't answer that uh, question honestly. But yeah, anyway, I would love to get into basketball too. I'm, you know, my th- my 30s has been a, one of the biggest elements of my 30s has been that I'm a sports guy now. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's I used to just be like Michigan football and baseball. And now I'm a no, just give me all the sports. I'm going <laughs> to eat them all up. I have been considering going seeing a local basketball game. But yeah. I uh, I did not, but I was vaguely like. Should I go get uh, season tickets for my local um, uh, soccer um, uh, pre-professional uh, women's soccer team? Because I saw them last year and they were really, really good. So now I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm, I, I'm definitely going to go see a couple games. But I, I was like, I, I can't just yeah. season tickets. But I was, I was t- thinking about it. <laughs> season tickets for the rain are like 400 bucks, which is pretty good for. 13 yeah. games oh yeah um, um it's it's fewer games but like i could get like i think season tickets uh in the general admission area for um for not very much money i, th- I think like 
Yeah, probably a couple hundred. I mean, I, well, I, it's not very. Much. It, it, it was. I was like, I think it was like even a hundred, like less yeah. than a hundred, because it's. Um, they don't have that many games. Um, yeah, but uh, but I was just like, I, I don't know if I'll want to go to all of them, but. Soccer is cool too because, like, American football, the path is you go to high school, you go to college, and then you go to the NFL. Uh, basketball is you go to high school. Some players are so good out of high school, they just go straight to the NBA. Some players go to college, but then they end up in the NBA. There is a developmental league that players sometimes come out of, but it's kind of it's tough. Um, baseball, or they go to slam ball. Yeah, baseball is has a path through minor leagues, but it still is very like. I don't know if there's a there's such a like direct path. The cool thing about soccer around the world is like it's such an international sport that you players that play in your local pre pro league may end up playing for a team in Korea or something like it's it's just it's oh, yeah. It's so there's it's so interesting the way that that the soccer world works. And one of the things I really like about UK soccer and why I kind of want to get into it is because their form, their system of like relegation and teams playing at different leagues, league levels, but they can move up from league to league is so cool. And I really wish that we had uh, some we had like sports that worked that way here because it's awesome that like you it create keeps things competitive by being like yeah if you're if the pistons are the worst team in basketball they should probably go down and play in a league of other bad of other yeah. teams that are not at the level of the rest of the nba for yeah. a while and then maybe they'll get better and climb back up yeah. and it's just cool that that's how it works in in yeah uh, in UK i i soccer i think that's why my one of the things my dad likes so much about it um and 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 i vaguely follow it because i talk to him about it is is just that there it does create actual stakes um yeah. but then it, it's it, there's it's it's really cool if you're you know a you know small team you can actually move up and you the, can grow and you get these awesome things these awesome juxtapositions where like you have teams like liverpool and tottenham um and Arsenal that have these like enormous stadiums that are like just like the height of of sports technology and 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 opulence and then they have to go play Brentford <laughs> who has like what we would think of as like a college field yeah um because they're a smaller organization that clawed their way back up into the Premier League and it's just it's so sick that yeah, <laughs> that can I've, happen. I've seen my dad's mentioned stuff like that with um like the FA Cup too, especially since that brings mm-hmm. in um teams from different uh levels in in the league of sorts. Like you might have like a team like yeah, like Arsenal or um uh Manchester United going and playing at like a tiny, tiny club. Yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 super neat. Um yeah, and uh that's one of the things that's that's been cool about vaguely starting to follow um my local um pre-professional women's team uh minnesota aurora because um like the goal for a lot of it is that uh players are gonna go to on a bigger and brighter things it's like Mm -hmm. it's yeah so so it's like you start um you know uh, people are going in from the aurora team and going and getting drafted somebody got 
drafted by the uh, National Women's Soccer League recently, which is really exciting. And um, some people are also going pro like overseas and stuff. And it's 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 really it's 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 super neat that they're able to because it's you know it's pre professional, so it's like you have people in like wildly different situations or um you know different goals and going overseas sometimes or um like at one point one of the uh players was introduced as as doctor so and so because she has a doctorate and you're just like all right yeah it's cool. fair enough i guess <laughs> yeah. but you're just like good enough that you're going to be also be playing um this playing soccer on, on this level. It's, 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 I, I think super cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and, um, it's cool at the national women's soccer level to see like players getting drafted from those smaller teams, but then also like when a player, when a team shells out and pulls in a really strong player from overseas and you're like, Oh shit, they, they like got this, player who's really really good in europe and now she's gonna play for seattle or whatever is is cool too i'm Uh, i'm just begging that we get a national women's soccer team in in minnesota i I mean aurora does like really well like it's it, it for like the one game i went to um it like completely filled up the um the the area where like it, it it's it's re- it was really popular and we actually went to, um um my dad and I went to an MLS game uh last year and it was really fun so i so fingers crossed but yeah. i yeah i i'm not much of a sports person and 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 i don't know if i ever really have the uh urge to watch it like at home but i like but now I'm like, oh, this this summer I want to go to a couple of different uh, soccer games because the other it, thing was really fun to watch in person. Yeah, and it's also just super easy to understand what's going right. on too. There's no like, not not that I mean, you, you could probably if you had the desire, you could fully understand baseball within one game or whatever. Right, you know, or like anybody could, but. It's not what's not one of the nice things about soccer is because it is so simple to understand. You can just get straight to like kickball, ball goals, and goal. In, yeah. yeah, you can get straight right. to kind of enjoying it rather than having to get in the weeds of like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why is yeah. it? Yeah, only why, thing like, is, is like offsides, but like once you get kind of the cadence of that, it's not. It's yeah, not it, hard. yeah, yeah. Uh, generally in soccer, the way it works is if something's not fair, you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> whether yeah. or not it gets called fairly is a totally different story but the intent of the rules is if something's unfair it shouldn't it's not allowed uh but yeah yeah it's, uh, it's, it's cool yeah I, I, I think it's very it's very fun to watch and uh i i really enjoyed going to mls and and stuff and uh I, I'm I'm vaguely aware of what's going on with uh, Premier League because that's my my, my dad's jam. Yeah. So <laughs> the problem um, with picking a Premier League team is if every if you go into a room full of people and ask what like about it, everyone's got like really 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 strong opinions. Oh about yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And so like I have friends who are lobbying for me to be a Spurs fan by sending me videos of the coach and stuff. Who is a really charismatic guy and I I like him a lot, but. And then, like, I said, like, oh, I'm kind of into wolves. And someone was like, 
they're basically the joke of the Premier League. And I'm like, I don't they got a cool mask, like they have a cool logo and you already like I, the Pistons. What, what, what else? They played you know? but they're not. They're not in they're in like they're halfway up the table. They're in no, eleventh, yeah. which is yeah. not like good, good, but I mean they're not in danger of relegation or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, sometimes you don't want to root for, you know, the top of the, the top of the heap. I don't even care about whether yeah, exactly, where they where exactly. I don't I don't want to root for a team that's going to get relegated because sure. then you it's have to pick a the new biggest team in the Premier League. Well, to root for. it's less that and more. It's just hard to I, I don't care. I would follow it like the team I really want to root for is a friend of mine. His local team is Barnsley mm-hmm. and he shared a lot about them. And I'm it makes me it's made me like really interested in following them. But they play in like the third tier currently. They've been in the Premier League, mm-hmm. but they're currently in like the third tier, Um, I think. And it's really hard to watch. You basically have to pay like $200 a year to just watch their games Mm -hmm. because their games don't get put on Uh the streaming services that I already pay for. So like I can watch premier league through Peacock and Fubo and like I I can watch every premier league game very easily, but it's harder to watch the lower leagues because they don't have the same TV deals with. So a lot of them you have to like, buy into their streaming package yeah it's true yeah Um, i um my team which is like just very nominal is uh is arsenal because uh, it's closest to where i was uh, living when i when i spent my semester in london so that's my my specific reason is like it was my closest team to to me but i um, growing up was taught to hate arsenal and then I said that and a friend of mine is an Arsenal fan and he was like, well, you're just wrong there. I was like, yeah, when I was growing up, their fans were assholes. And he was like, no, they're not. And I was like, okay, well that's, and then my other friend was like, don't you dare become an Arsenal fan. And then the first friend was like, you're a Tottenham fan. They're literally, you're just a piece of trash. Every Tottenham fans trash. Like it just got immediately like, it gets intense, but it was like, like, fuck you. You're garbage. I hate you. No, your team's, your team's a piece of shit. Everyone on that team shouldn't be playing. Like I was just like, please stop. But like, I, but like when it's like chill, it's really nice. It's, it's like really um, like, I, I still remember once being on, on the tube uh, in, in London and being like near a guy who was wearing I forget I don't even remember which team but was had like a tie on based off of of some team and people like running into the tube going like like cheering on that team going like yeah and then they see the tie and they're like pointing at it going like yeah and it was just like good vibes I'm like this is this is nice I like these uh, good vibes let's my understanding too is they've really cut they've like very much forced a cut back of the like hooliganism and stuff in recent years where like less soccer violence you're not you're just yeah they're just like nope not we don't tolerate this anymore um so it's not so bad but uh, cities states should not be tolerating sports violence at all yeah yeah it used to be a like you lose your right shut the fuck up it used to be a like Oh, you know, there there were some tussles after the game, and that's just part of football. And now it's like, no, 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 no fighting, no nothing. Yeah. Just go home after the game, uh, which is is for the best, I think. Uh, yeah. But uh, and I'm into the shit talking, but I also need to pick a team, and it's not helpful to pick a team when everyone immediately goes to every other team is garbage, trash. Fuck you if you even consider liking them. Uh, yeah. 
well, uh, and that is uh, Football Club 24. <laughs> uh, thankfully, Queen. Uh, tw- hmm? It's called EA Sports FC 24 Queen. Queen? <laughs> yes. Why is it Queen? Because a friend of mine made it. it, it oh, oh, okay. I'm gonna okay, po- okay, 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 it'll I make see, sense. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, post yeah, it okay. and then it'll make sense. Yeah. Uh, thank God FIFA no longer involved. I'm sure they're they're just they're shaking in their boots right now. They're they're done. I don't know. It's no different. It's it's no different than in years previous. Like it's you don't miss the branding at all. Uh, It has all the same leagues. It has all the same players. Yeah, that's uh, bizarre. Um, Well, uh, that brings us to my game. A live service game. Uh, keep Woo. the keep the train running. We got some consecutive segues that make sense this week. Uh, but this one is in uh, the Steam Next Fest, or as the uh, misspelled announcements within the game would help you believe, Nest Fest. Uh, this is uh, Dungeon Born, which is I need a, to install this a a looter. I, some might say you already have it installed. I know, but um, I'm curious to yeah. see. Uh, this game uh, is a PvP VE uh, extraction dungeon crawler type game uh, where you're playing as uh, kind of traditional Western RPG classes. Like uh, you've got cleric type or a priest. Or a priest? Or they got like a rogue bandit type. You got a fighter some sort of mage, a pyromancer. Um, and then there's also in this uh, demo alpha, I think it's an alpha right now, a um, that cryomancer and a death knight, uh, which are both uh, skeleton classes, uh, which you unlock by logging in for successive days. But I somehow got the cry, people are getting the cryomancer on the first day which is weird, but that might be because I'm on the Asia server and the it launched technically on the second, but it's the third here when it came out. So maybe that like counted the, us logging in two days. I'm not sure. We'll see tomorrow when the... Uh, but I think they're a Japanese company. I'm not sure about this company exactly. Mithril Interactive. This is their first game on Steam at least. Um, and it is a very, uh, interesting game. Uh, I feel like the, uh, the, the little title card, uh, that says, you know, the, the artwork is sort of misleading for the game. It, it gives this very epic feeling. You're going to face off against dragons and it really, at least so far what I've played Maybe later on, but in other worlds or other levels and stuff, there will be dragons and stuff like that, big combat encounters. So far, it's a lot of walking around a spooky castle, and there are, like, living suits of armor that are walking around or come alive as you walk by them. Little goblin guys who shoot at you or sneak up on you and smack you. A lot of bugs. Uh, bats, flying books, seen some ghosts. I saw a tree guy, uh, like an ant, uh, some zombies. Uh, so there, there is 
quite a variety of enemies, which I was not expecting necessarily. I didn't pay a super ton of attention to the uh, the trailers or stuff. I was like, oh, I don't know. This sounds interesting. I've been wanting to play an extraction shooter or extraction type game, but I've just not been able to like pick one. And like I, I spent a good little while looking at a bunch of different ones and it's still such like a new space that there aren't there are games out there, but there a lot of them are in early access or, you know, that kind of stuff. So not found the one I'm interested in. Uh, but this one, uh, like I said, it's a, a traditional RPG uh, kind of uh, selection of uh, classes. Uh, you've got, you know, swords and different weapons you can use, shields. I, I put the fighter because uh, first time playing uh and that was kind of the recommended or the first and that gives you a sword and shield and a long sword two-handed sword versus uh that you can use uh to go through and you can switch between swatch swatch between switch between those pretty actively as you go through i have a spin to win kind of move uh if i have my long sword equipped i can push q and just start spinning in a circle and i guess that gives me increased damage resistance while i do that if I get surrounded, stuff like that. And uh, then a charge move, which doesn't seem to hurt people. It just like lets me move a, a, a considerable distance, I guess. Um, but you can't really sprint in this game. So that's like your only move yeah, tool. That's... Your, your, your loadout uh, determines how fast yeah. you can move. Yep, that's but... pretty similar to dark and dark yeah this game is uh i have not played dark and darker but it looks it's got a very it is the same kind of aesthetic it is that fantasy aesthetic that dark and darker does it is very slow and deliberate movement like dark and darker Mm -hmm. um i some someone we play games with has played dark and darker and they played a little bit of this and they're like yeah this is just like this is dark and darker uh it's like some of the sounds sound similar apparently uh i i have not played dark and darker i watched a little bit of like some twitch stuff but um it just yeah i I was looking at like the uh the the gameplay and i was like this is very stiff and slow it's interesting yes uh, i like that about dark and darker a lot um i think it works Mm -hmm. the problem that dark and darker has is there's like it's it feels very punishing to progress at all because of the way it's designed like tarkov you can play tarkov and kind of avoid people um and if you like the the real skill at Tarkov is getting to a place where you're like familiar enough with the maps and with the flow of how raids go that you can move around without having to worry too much about getting killed by somebody less that you're a great twitch shooter and more that you understand the maps and and how people tend to move through them and like you know that it's two weeks into a wipe. That means a lot of the harder core players are going to be doing this quest, which involves um, going to this area of this map. So, you know, I'm going to avoid that area for now, unless I'm also on that quest. And then I got to go there. So I got to come strapped because I know I'm going to run into other people in that area. Yeah. 
Whereas Dark and Darker is kind of more like a battle royale in the way that it pushes people together to just fight. Yeah. And um, so it can be difficult because you get into situations where it's like, okay, I'm going to engage this player. They're a mage and I'm a melee character. Yeah. So I'm already kind of screwed because they can start shooting at me from far away. And then, oh crap, another player was waiting and they just came up behind me while I was ducking into yeah. a corner and killed me. And that can be frustrating for sure, even though I like the general gameplay of the game a lot. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, is there, oh, uh, how many players are in a match in Dark and Darker? Do you know? Um, it varies, uh, but it's usually like, it's like eight to 16, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, th- this is, depending a, on the like size of the map. 16 is a full, is a full game. It's, it's yeah. alpha, so it, and that might change over time, but it's not, yeah, unlike Tarkov, this is like you were just going into an instanced version of a map, and yeah, it, that's it how dark and darker is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you just like it, it, it spins up a new, a new match and new map, and it's slightly different. You know, different, uh, different chests with different loot and stuff like that. And so you're going in, you're finding loot in like uh, statues and teacups and uh, materials to make potions and whatnot. And uh, then you need to find to get out. You need to find a po- like blue portals that are scattered about. Yep, that's dark and darker. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you've got a ritual scroll, when you do your extraction, it'll keep you like it'll keep it quiet, so other people won't be notified. But if you don't have that scroll, mm-hmm. it'll let everybody know where you are, uh, so then they can come and get you if they want, um, if they're nearby. It's not a super long timeout. And like everyone moves so slow that unless somebody's like pretty nearby, uh, you know, it's not going to be like super uh, dangerous, I don't think. Um, yeah. And then there is like red uh, portals that'll take you deeper. Um, and like that makes sense. harder, harder levels, like or like different, more difficult areas. Um, I have not encountered any of those playing in the single player mode i've only done the single player mode uh, there is matchmaking for like a group mode and those are on two different maps the solo and the yep. uh, the multi so the way that dark and darker handled that by having three different maps and one of the maps was for solo players one of the maps was for duos and one of the maps was for trios mm-hmm. they recently changed it for the better in my opinion where now it's on a rotation mm-hmm. so you for a half an hour it's ones for solos ones for duos ones for trios and then it rotates where like now this one's for solos this one's for duos and this one's for trios um yeah uh but yeah there's also a an arena like a 3v 3v3 pvp mode um where it just it doesn't mess with your like your stash or anything like that you just go in and it's got like uh Mm-hmm. pre-loaded um like here's some d- decent gear uh that you can take out of treasure chests and uh go to town with and that was interesting the one time i played it ended in a draw uh like 12 kills to 12 or something uh which was interesting and like gives you a chance to kind of see and test out weapons and strategies and pvp and play against other classes and see what that's like uh so I could see that being valuable for testing things out. Yeah. Live impressions. I Mm -hmm. opened this game while we were talking about it. 
uh yeah it's it's extremely dark and darker it's uh the the menus are way better than dark and darker Mm -hmm. Uh, and I opened up the, the training thing and it looks way, way, way better than dark and darker. Uh So, um, I don't know, maybe it'll be dark and darker in its own game. I will say I'm going to play more of this because it does dark and darker also does not have a training. It doesn't have an arena Mm. and it would greatly benefit from that because one of the big problems that Tarkov has and dark and darker has Tarkov now has an arena game, which Uh is great. I actually really like Tarkov arena. Um, but there's a tendency in these games when you get into combat for the first time against a person, you're like, ah, what do I do? Oh, God, what do I do? What do I do? And then you just die. And yeah. that happens over and over and over and over again because it's like you, you you'll you play for an hour and then have 30 seconds of yeah. fighting someone. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so that's good. Yeah. And I, battle royales uh, always, I think, suffer from that. Um, and just, you know, that kind of like one death and you're done type situation is like the you know that's always a hard game to get into because you know you don't have the chance to like properly practice and so that does give it does give you a chance to practice fighting multiple people uh and uh you know working as a team if you go in there with people you're going to play with uh and practice all that kind of stuff and then it spawns there's like uh magic potions or like kind of grenades that spawn around the map so that you can collect that you can uh like there's like a thunder one or like a one that makes a a rock wall and all these kind of different magic potions and so Mm -hmm. you can find those in the arena and throw them and use them and you know not feel like you're wasting your resources or like oh no i messed up and i didn't mean to use that because you know it it doesn't affect your uh, actual stash uh which is nice so yeah uh it it does seem like a like dark and darker had a whole like lawsuit thing uh with nexon and which has been resolved but it is interesting that this has been apparently kicking around for a little bit and now is getting a a public alpha open alpha uh with the steam next fest coming up uh and apparently hasn't run into any of that stuff but it'll be interesting to see if dark and darker comes back to steam maybe and it like since looks it's like playable it is coming back to steam as far as i know yeah, yeah. Like, um it, that's like actively because their lawsuits playable. resolved now i think yeah, yeah they're good this week uh, it, it, it was resolved yeah so like i didn't talk about much on the podcast playable uh, yeah whereas this is gonna go away in like eight days because it's just public alpha like yeah is it gonna it's... like adversely affect uh dungeonborn's chances or are they going to come back even more polished uh, later on and stuff like that? I don't, I don't know. It's going to really come down. So the thing I'll say for dark and darker, like looking at the the menus for this mm-hmm. game, I'm going to play some, a bunch of it hopefully this weekend. Yeah. Cause this game, I mean, this seems like a more approachable video game than dark and darker right sure. now. Um, and that's cool. But the thing that I will say in dark and darker's favor is that dev team seems genuinely pretty great in that they are extremely communicative through their discord about patches. They talk like very openly about like what they're planning to do next. And they're very transparent about like, you know, I read an interview with them from a few months ago where they were like, yeah, the lawsuit thing was really fucked up. Like they didn't use that kind of language, but they were like, yeah, it was really, really screwed us up and we're really, it put us really on the back foot and we've been, you know, 
we've been working on the game since then, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it's been challenging. Uh, but then they talked about like, here's all the stuff we're doing for 2024 and it all sounded really cool. So mm-hmm. whether Dungeonborn ends up being a better game or just a more polished, friendlier looking game, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's room for two of these kinds of games. I don't, I think that these it's just weird that their aesthetic is so close. I agree. It is super weird. And I think that they're yes, totally. The feel and aesthetic is so close and it's weird. But a thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is, um, and this is, is like so many genres. This came up with the whole pal world thing. Mm-hmm. So many genres are, and not to say discount any of the actual plagiarism that may be in pal world. I'm not talking about that part of it. Um, so many genres are uh i got into a conversation with my friends about ripoffs and so many genres are so close together mm-hmm. like because they were like oh it's just a it's a it's a conan ripoff or whatever mm-hmm. and it's a conan ripoff that rips off art from pokemon and it's kind of like well kind of but like is quake a doom ripoff is Call of Duty a Quake ripoff with World War II? I mean, you also see that with so many of the genres that are named directly after games, like you yeah, like Souls, yeah, or Metroidvania, mm-hmm. Souls like, like so. I, I, you know, like I personally don't have issue with like going like let's make a game that's kind of similar to another game because it's like that's how game. You know, yes. that, that's how genres are born. Like, for sure. I mean, you, you even had that, like, with the origin of first-person shooter. Yeah, first-person shooters. Like, that didn't come out of nowhere. Like, they, you know, people were making games, and they're like, "Are you sure that's not Doom? Are you sure that's not Quake?" But it's like, you know, it became its own giant genre. And same with like what? Metroidvanias, which are literally named after two two games. But like, it's, it's and this it came whole up. Thing. It came up like be- less because of Power World specifically, because again, there's a whole yeah. arc of we'll see what how that shakes out with like actual potential plagiarism, which is bad. But um, it came up with the this that studio's um, upcoming Metroidvania roguelike mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. um, someone was kind of like, well, they're ripping off Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, and I was like, are they though? Because it's not the UI doesn't look like Hollow Knight. Yeah. Well, the, the, the it, it looks the, like it looks kind of. Exactly like it's, Hollow Knight. It's, it's, like it's. I put it's, the screenshots side by side. Like they a, don't look. They, they like look as similar to me as Dead Cells and it's like and other pixel Metroidvanias. Yeah, yeah like the saturation, saturation of the lighting is, like, is similar. Yeah. It's evocative of Hollow Knight. Uh, sure. Is yeah. Like you know, it's evocative of like a thing. And what I brought up know, is is yeah. you know, it's totally fair to say. T- I'm sure they're taking tons of inspiration from a game like Hollow Knight in making it. Yeah. But if we're gonna call that a ripoff. Then we should absolutely be saying every fucking that, um, platformer should be <laughs> yeah is a is a ripoff of something or like the um the the Lords of the Fallen was the one that I brought up mm-hmm. like in that case that game should be nailed to the wall for being a Dark Souls ripoff sure. which is not something we're doing because that's it's accepted in that space that those games are all yeah take similar inspiration from each other in terms of like perspective and um. And like concept. So it's just an interesting thing. I think in the case of Dungeon Board and Dark and Darker, it is a very direct, there's a lot of yeah. very direct similarities. Like looking at the UI, it's super similar <laughs> to be fair, the Dark and Darker. Yeah, to be uh, fair, it is also like, you know, they are very similar aesthetics. 
they are also the least imaginative aesthetics like you could for sure do because yeah. it's just and they're very generic, similar to like skyrim yeah, too yeah, and stuff so i don't know it's it's weird fantasy. it's just it's interesting and i yeah. think my general stance on something like these two games is i want to play whichever one of them is a better video game. yes yes <laughs> uh, yeah and like they're so, not yeah yeah they're it doesn't come across i mean maybe uh i don't know how long dark and darker has been around or how long dungeon born's been but, well, like a year. but making you know putting a game together like this with like this quality and with these uh you know like it's it takes time and uh, i do think it's impossible that that one of these games didn't see development of the other one and go we need to, we should do that too there's yeah, no maybe. way that they didn't because of how the ui looks in this game i mean it's yeah possible identical um concept, like the way a that a lot of information i've kind of tried to look for stuff on the developer but i haven't found a lot of information but but i also think like you could say that about a lot of soulsborns too of like oh, yeah. you push up to drink a healing potion in all of them oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah, this yeah. this is just interesting because it's like such a like i was saying it's a nascent it's super niche it's it's it's, 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 a, new, it's, a, it's a new yeah it's a very new niche. that is yeah. like you know there aren't a lot of games in the space and there's going there are going to be a lot of games in this space uh there you know there are a lot of devs a lot of you know publishers who are like okay we need an extraction game um and you know these are some of the first ones and it's it's cool that there are that there are more of these games coming out and kind of paving the way, but also it is a bummer that they are, there are these two games that are so similar and like the same aesthetic and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause it'd be nice to see different things happening. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, sure. I'm also like in a fantasy kind of mood. So like, that's also fine, <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. it'd be you know, more, more aesthetic choice is always good. I want cool, uh, you know, I had my, I want cool, uh, like sci-fi dress up or, you know, cool fantasy dress up. And this doesn't really have like the cool dress up aspect. It's got, you know, some looting and stuff, but it's not, you know, it's not destiny, uh, in the fashion department. So it's not quite there. I don't know if maybe marathon will be the thing that I want, but who knows when that's coming out uh yeah so dungeon born it, it seems cool it's on it's in the steam next fest uh it's, i think there's they're running till like the eighth or something uh so if an extraction fantasy dungeon crawler sounds up your alley maybe check it out it's free um yeah uh and i think with that that's our games for the week this was a much longer podcast than i anticipated <laughs> Um, Likewise, yeah, uh, we 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 had some good hey, discussions. We had stuff to talk about. Yeah, we had some yeah. discussions. Uh, the three of us haven't been on a show together at the same time for a that's while. true. It's, it's been a bit. Yeah, it's uh, life being hey turning. Oh 30, yeah, uh, your body goes. What the fuck? <laughs> Tell me about oh, it. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. It turns out, hey, don't even. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I don't. I won't get into it. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. It's just, uh, just being alive. It's, I'm glad that uh, the three of us could still meet together and uh, talk about video yes. games. And yeah. uh, our listeners uh, still choose to uh, let us grace them. Uh, grace, let us uh, go in their ear holes. Um, 
Whoa. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, they're the ones doing it. Um, we wouldn't be here without the listener. Uh, if a podcast falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, did it really happen? Allison, yes. What? Sure. <laughs> okay, there we go. Allison, uh, is there anything you would like to uh, point our our listeners to this week? Any suggestions? Any, I don't know. So last week I'm, I talked about some of the anime that I was watching. Sure. You weren't there, but I talked about Solo Leveling, which is really good. Okay. Mentioned um, uh, Delicious in Dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do <laughs> a very different title, which is Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard, which is an think, anime that's currently airing, and it's really good. It's really good. the subtitle of one of the Stormlight Archive books. <laughs> well, so basically... No, that's Brandon's it's, autobiography. It's, it's, the, uh, it's a heartfelt uh, kind of romantic comedy drama about uh, the main character who, once he reaches 30 years as a virgin... De- Phillips, like he gets the ability to whenever he touches somebody that he can read their minds and then he oh, realizes okay. that a a co-worker um um his uh co-worker is in love with him who is uh like kind of the dude who you know like the kind of popular guy in the office and he's just like super like super on top of things and then he's like his thoughts are just like I love him so much, and it's uh it's very very cute. Uh, and you you hear the title and you're like, oh okay, but it's a it's it's a very like remarkably sweet kind of romantic comedy. And I've started reading the manga as well, so uh, it's it's you know definitely recommend that in addition to the stuff I've been talking sure. about with anime as well. Nice, nice. Uh... I had I had a joke somewhere. It's gone. Oh well. Uh, Pat, <laughs> uh, do you, is there anything you'd like to direct the listener to? Um, there is a book that many people may not have read. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's called Dune. Uh, mm-hmm. which I'm Dune, uh, rereading again. No. Dune, Dune, two popcorn buckets at the same time. <laughs> um, no, uh, uh, no, I, uh, I'm very excited for Dune part two, so I'm rereading oh, yeah. the book again. Oh, I'm excited and, for that too. Uh, it's really good. If you have not read it, you should read it. And I'm, I need um, to. in particular, I am listening to a really good. I'm using the whisper sync thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd recommend this if it's your first time with the book because I think it's dense enough that it's worth reading. But um, I'm listening to a version of it that is like I didn't realize it, but it's like audio drama, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so it's got like a narrator and then it has a cast, a cast of characters. It's not the cast from the movie or anything, but um, it's a good cast of of uh, of of readers um, yeah. and uh, really enjoying the back and forth between reading and listening to that. So, nice, dude, yeah. if you, I'm, I want to read Messiah, but I wanted to read the book the first book again mm-hmm. just because i i like it a lot and did, i've read it before so i can read it pretty quick didn't uh, you not finish it last time like because the movie my last out? read of it i did not finish it yeah because i wanted to get to uh, the i got to the end got of to where the, the movie is. part one of the movie ends um 
and uh so yeah i'm gonna finish the whole thing this time and last january something like that yeah then i i I I recently read uh messiah Um, and i'm gonna read messiah i'm gonna try to finish the first book and read messiah before part two comes out uh the movie part two but i have my ticket i uh I'm I'm going on getting the the, the box the popcorn bucket. I on. don't know where that popcorn but is that an AMC thing or I is don't it know a Regal thing because I'm going to an AMC theater. I think it's AMC. Uh, well, uh, maybe I'll stuff. get the no, maybe I'll get the popcorn bucket if it's a. Let AMC me see. Thing. I think um, it. I because AMC usually gets those popcorn buckets. Yes, it's AMC. Oh so. boy, so maybe I so, don't know. Mm. Eating popcorn out of that thing seems see, weird. That seems like the worst, like kind of yeah. thing to eat popcorn out of. Uh, like ha ha, you can put your dick in it. Ha, like I get that that's <laughs> funny, but like logistically, like, I don't want to eat popcorn out that of that. Looks like no. it's annoying, and you're like, oh yes, it's got because you know that that's that like weird rubbery silicone yes, and yes. i don't want to rub my pot it's going to get covered in butter and get yeah. sticky and gross no i don't yeah, no thanks uh, <laughs> uh so uh yeah i probably will not do that but i'm excited because the movie comes out the day after i get back from uh my a trip that i'm mm. taking so i took the the thursday and friday off mm. so i can kind of reset being back in town but that also means that i can go to the first possible showing and not have to work or anything nice. so uh, i don't yeah. know when it comes out here but i i will be seeing it and i will make the effort to go see it in theaters because i didn't see the first one in theaters and i i first went in so as a dude version i had no idea um and what it like i knew very little i knew about paul atreides and duncan idaho basically spice must flow and the spice i knew about the spice but like that's really all i knew uh so yeah after watching it, i went and read the book and i need to read the book but yeah. it looks yeah good it, looks yeah. good it, it's a bizarre experience reading it because everyone you get like all sides of every betrayal and you see yes like, the you know ahead of time to a lot of the, the stuff yes yep. mm. like everybody Everybody doing that. There, I know that he knows that I know. <laughs> yes, it's cool. It's you. There's there's a lot of like foreshadowing too that happens early in the book of them basically being like he he basically up front is like just so you know Paul Atreides is going to turn into a fucking monster <laughs> and and so it's this like oh surely that's not true and then as you read you're like oh. <laughs> He wasn't kidding. He wasn't lying when he said that at the top. <laughs> like, I, there's some, I don't know. Messiah, it's, uh, I don't know if it's like a, just a, when they were written and it being such early sci fi, uh, there's like a weird, there, there's like a weird character to those books. Uh, and seeing it on film, like seeing Dune 2, and then if, when they do Dune Messiah as a movie, uh, will be very interesting. Dune Messiah, I think it's on film is going to be very strange. It's why it's hard. They've had a hard time adapting them. You know, yeah. The the in the in the in the past is that they're very they're very weird books in yes. a cool way. Yes. but yeah. um, they're very unique because even though like like Star Wars rips a ton of stuff from Doom not in yeah. like a rip off way i mean i'm i'm saying rip is yeah. in like 
I mean, it's, George Lucas was yeah. clearly deeply inspired by Dune. Yeah, and um, samurai movies and but, everything. Yeah, like yeah, but like, and I'm not knocking Star Wars because I love the original Star Wars movies, but Dune is also a lot more complex philosophically okay. than Star Wars. Oh. Mm-hmm. So. Like Star Wars works so well as a movie right off the bat because it's a relatively simple good versus evil story that is pretty um, not like it's easy to make the movies, but it's 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 very approachable as a movie, whereas Dune is tough tough to make because it's just got so many weird themes going on. Well, especially I feel like selling Star Wars, it's like, you know, it's it's something that you you very much can and should enjoy you know as a as a kid and and as an adult like like i don't know if any child is going to be like hell yeah dune rules like you know in the same way that like when i was six years old being like star wars is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) no it's it's yeah dune dune it's and and it's it's the other problem with dune is you kind of have to at least tell my understanding anyway is is you really need to at least tell the story through messiah to get like the, the I, Paul arc. Yes. Uh, you, if you just watch Dune part one and that's why like David Lynch crammed three books into one movie mm-hmm. and failed largely. I mean, I think that movie is entertaining, but it's yeah. not, <laughs> it's a mess. And that's why, you know, when sci-fi tried to adapt it, they did three six hour miniseries. Right. Um, and they're to varying degrees of success. And the, um, the, the the miniseries are pretty good, but you know, you're working with TV budgets there, so they can't necessarily portray kind of the majesty that is on display with a lot of the 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 stuff that that Villeneuve can do with a yeah. huge budget movie. So it's interesting. It's just an interesting thing um from an adaption perspective. Yeah. Adaptation uh, perspective. Yeah. Uh for me, uh I'll, you know what? I'm gonna say go check out Majora's Mask again. Because, hey, it turns out Majora's Mask is still a great game. Uh, I've been going through that in Japanese and surprising myself with how much I'm understanding. Uh, but also, hey, just go play it in English because Majora's Mask rips. Uh, that's what I'm going to tell you this week because Allison already has talked about Delicious in Dungeon. So, uh, Oh, that's so good. Yeah, uh, we're, I'll, maybe I'll have something else next week uh, to talk about. But yeah, I don't um, think I talked about it very much, though. But Hey, it's good. Uh, people should. It's good continue to watch uh people should go watch delicious delicious in dungeon it's uh it's cute it's fun it's goofy marcial is one of the great characters i feel so bad for her in this first few episodes she's Um, she's struggling yep uh this the show treats her very poorly in those first few episodes yeah Uh, she's she's having a hard go of it it is incredibly interesting to me that between that and free ren that western fantasy is kind of having a moment in japan it seems like and like there have been like some isekai stuff that have gone that way but i still think those like rely heavily on like japanese fantasy kind of stuff like there's not a lot of like i'm there is stuff but like orc barbarian dwarf lord of the rings fantasy is like not a a super popular thing here um and i think that's it's seeing it like it's having a moment right for sure. is interesting. I think that's part of why I like grand blue stuff so much is it's not um, quite that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Japanese it's, fantasy. Well, 
but it's got a lot of Western fantasy stuff going on with like the art and hmm. like the 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 character tropes too. So sure. I don't know, hmm. like the but, they but it's they not like, uh, it's not Tolkien fantasy is really what I mean. Uh, yeah, no, but they, I mean they fight goblins a lot and stuff. Sure. Like it, it's 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 definitely. The, 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 it's 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 stuff like dragon quest is it's has, not like has things like that it's like it's I, yeah are very, I don't know it's it's there's like a weird, a weird i'll have to watch the delicious and dungeon seat yeah. but it I doesn't see. feel like grand blue doesn't feel like a lot of it's it's a it feels like a unique take on on a lot of western fantasy ideas sure, that are yeah. being applied to yes, some this is with with uh with with anime storytelling yeah, which is it's interesting more classical western fantasy like we were talking about with uh dungeon born or yeah. like tolkien stuff dungeons and dragons sure. uh the author of delicious and dungeon took a hiatus when Baldur's gate 3 came out oh i think yeah. she did she just ended she ended the series entirely oh it, and oh, okay it, and i i ended it, the series great yes and i it. don't think it was like it is like it's like, was it on purpose? But it was like right before Baldur's Gate three came out, and she's a huge Baldur's Gate fan, so it's like, like she she's done fan art for Baldur's Gate two, which never came out in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like she, yeah, she she's very like very much into like it. It's very clear that it is like her inspiration is like yeah games based on Dungeons and Dragons. So it's it's very um you you get that, but it's it's very cool. Yeah, it would be a killer setting for a, a, like a a campaign. Uh, the delicious. Oh my stuff god, I want to I want a video game based on it so bad. I, I think I'm sure you'll get one. Yeah. It'll just probably not be very good, unfortunately. Yeah, T- I know. Game, like just doing homebrew tabletop game with the dungeon would be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, uh, that check it out if you haven't. Uh, is it on? Is it on Netflix? Where how on are Netflix. you? It's on Netflix actually. here. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, uh, I was gonna say maybe this will get me to subscribe to Crunchyroll for a month because I want to watch the Grand Blue anime and then it's on Netflix. So, look if if you want it, if you want recommendations on Crunchyroll, I've I've got them co- yeah. got you covered. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff I should watch. There's there's too much to watch. It's yes, really- there's exactly. a lot to watch, and exactly. I, like I'm talking to my my family, and they're like, "Oh, what TV have you been watching?" And I'm like, "Ah, I mean." I haven't been watching stuff you want to watch because you're not into anime, and that's what I've been watching a lot of lately. So maybe Delicious in Dungeon is their their window in the world. Maybe it's they'll they'll see the point where Lyos is like, "Hey, did you like? Well, how did it feel to be squeezed by that thing?" And then it zooms in on Marcel's face, being like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Well, uh, thank you, uh, listener, uh, for tuning in this week. Uh, thank you, Jeff Davis, for our wonderful theme music. Uh, that is going to do it for episode 303 of the Gaming Fix podcast on February 3rd, 2024. I've been your host, Andre Cole, a.k.a. The Wet Gamer, a.k.a. your partner's favorite musical episode of a TV show or movie uh, that is not normally musical. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Gaming Fix podcast. Stay wet, gamers.